0: Well, I want you to uh, imagine with me for a moment here. Uh, You can close your eyes if you like, that's fine. But imagine with me that you are on your way to Jerusalem. Uh, You're surrounded by a bunch of friends and family. You're on the way to the holy city of Jerusalem uh, to meet with thousands and thousands of other believers. And then all of a sudden, uh, just up ahead in the group of people, uh, someone just bursts out into song. Uh, They're singing at the top of their lungs, they're rejoicing about how great it is that you're all together and and then everyone joins in, everyone joins in and before long the whole crowd is is singing this song and having a great time and you kind of listen out for the words and and you think you've got it so you join in yourself and you're singing as well too, singing along with God's people and you're excited, you can't wait to kind of get to the temple and, and worship God together with his people. Now, psalm 133 it's a, it's a really short psalm but uh, in just three verses it, it paints a really vivid picture i think of what it must have been like for the believers as they kind of made their way to jerusalem it's part of this group of uh, of psalms uh, from psalm 120 to 134 called the, the songs of ascent ascents uh, and these were the psalms that god's people would sing as they kind of they, they went up to worship at the temple And as we read this psalm, we get a a picture, a beautiful picture of the people of God joined together in joyful unity. This psalm it tells us clearly that this, this unity is a is a really beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing and it's really important. It's a really important thing for the people of God. And so from the very first verse, we see that when believers join together in unity, it's something to be celebrated. And we're going to see in a moment it's something we should be aiming for and working at as God's people. Uh, Look at the way the psalm opens in verse 1 with me. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. The unity of God's people is something good. It's something to rejoice in, something worth singing about. Now, right from the start of the psalm, the focus is on the fact that when the people of God are together, joined together in unity, it's a good and a pleasant thing. Now, these words, good and pleasant, they're they're nice words, but they're a bit generic, though, I think, aren't they? And without the next few verses that follow on from this, we might be left kind of thinking, okay, yep, unity is a good thing. Great. I get it. But I think the question is, why is it so good? Why is unity so good? Why is the, the unity of something worth pursuing as God's people, as a church? Well, in the next few verses, the, the psalmist uh, gives us uh, two illustrations to kind of help us understand why the unity of God's people is, is so great and, and why it's so important uh, for Christians and God's people to strive for. I uh, I remember back in uh, my Bible college days, it was about uh, 12 years ago I think now, um, each year when we were at Bible college we'd we'd do a college mission, we'd break up into a bunch of teams and go to some different churches, I I know a few uh, college mission teams from QTC came to Dolby here at at one stage. Uh, One year our team, the team that I was on, we went to uh, Townsville and we spent, uh, during that week, we spent a whole day at the army barracks up there. And you know, as, uh, as we were heading around the base, uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on. There's people everywhere, and not just army people. Yeah, there's plenty of civilians who kind of work on the base as well, too. But you can always tell who the army people are. You can always tell who they are. You can tell by the way that they act. You can tell by the way that they talk. But the easiest way, of course, to tell them apart is their uniform, that's the easiest way, it's, the, it's what sets them apart really clearly from the civilians, both on the base but also out in the community as they kind of uh, go around uh, the town. And what we read here in Psalm 133 is that the people of God, we also have something that sets us apart, that makes us stand out really clearly. If you're like me, the first time you read this psalm, you probably looked at the first illustration the psalmist gives in verse 2 and you probably thought, what is going on here? What is going on with this oil being poured over someone and running down their beard? How is unity like someone drenched in oil? But this illustration is pointing us to something really beautiful. It's pointing to the fact that the unity of God's people is precious. It's special. And that this unity is what sets us apart as God's people. See what it says in verse 2. This unity is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robes. The psalmist compares Christian unity to uh, a precious oil used for anointing. Yeah, this isn't just oil, some cheap kind of canola oil that's kind of pushed in the back of all of our cupboards at home. No, this is a special oil. It's precious. Back in the book of Exodus, we kind of read a bit about this anointing oil. And we read that it was kind of full of all these amazing spices. And so this anointing oil was, uh, was really fragrant. It would have smelled Amazing. As verse 2 continues, we see this, this beautiful, special, fragrant, anointing oil being poured on someone's head, running down over his beard and onto his robes. We get the picture of this person absolutely drenched in this precious anointing oil. But notice who the person is. It's Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, as most of us may know, Aaron is the brother of Moses, a really famous character in the Old Testament. Aaron was Moses' brother and he was the first high priest of the nation of Israel. Aaron was anointed with this special precious oil and he was set apart by God. This oil that was running down over his head and his face and his beard and his robes It was this outward sign that he had been set apart and chosen by God. You know, in the same way, when believers live together in unity, the psalmist says it's a a visible outward sign that we are God's people, that we've been set apart by him. You know, we've been working together as a church over the past six months or so, trying to kind of figure out our, uh, our vision for the next five years, the, the things that we think God might want to see happening in our church over the next little while. You know, one of the things that we've, we've realised we'd like to work on under God is our unity as a church. We want to do a, a better job of, of being a community. The past few years of COVID have really taken their toll. Yeah, you know, even without COVID, I think unity as a church is is always something that's it's a bit tricky. It's be hard work. It's something that takes effort and grace as followers of Jesus. You now, I think we've noticed that as a church. And so, as we head into the next few years, working on this unity at DPC, it might mean a, it might mean a, a bunch of different things for us. You know, on, a, on a personal level, you know, it might mean that you need to go and talk to that person that you've kind of been avoiding because you had a bit of a disagreement with, men, with them. You know, it might mean that you need to make a, uh, making a few phone calls throughout the week, just committing to encouraging and checking in on those people that, uh, that really need it. Or, or maybe it'll mean joining a ministry team, joining a growth group. Maybe it just means being at church a bit more often. For us as a church, pursuing unity together might mean we need to think hard about about how we gather, about about what we do when we gather. Maybe we need more moments for us to kind of be together as a church. More moments of kind of enjoying life and uh, enjoying Jesus together. There's going to be a bunch of really important things for us to figure out as a church. Because when Christians are are united... When we're committed to each other deeply, it sends a signal to the people around us that we're different, that we belong to God, that we've been set apart as his. And of course, that is something that we really want the people around us to know, isn't it? We want uh, want to show our friends, we want to show our family, uh, we want to show them something that they, they really may not see anywhere else. We want to show our town that in church... God offers something that they can't get anywhere else. Christian unity is what sets us apart as God's people. It's such a good and a pleasant thing. And I reckon it's it's something worth us pausing to, to celebrate when we see it happening. And so I want to encourage you just to do that, to pause and celebrate when you notice moments of unity amongst God's people. Maybe it'll be this week in your growth group. Let me take a moment to, to pause and praise God for the unity that your group shares in the Lord Jesus. Maybe it's after church one Sunday when you kind of just notice there's this really kind of uh, special way, in a, in a different way maybe, maybe to normal, of God's people being unified really obviously. Give thanks to God for it. And, you know, as we head into, into next year, to 2023, you know, as a church, we, we want to set aside some regular moments uh, to celebrate our unity in Christ together. As we gather on Sundays and in, a, in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, because we've acknowledged as a church this is something that we want to keep working on. And, and we want to keep praying that God would be at work in us, uh, drawing us together as his people. Uh, this next part, I actually need two volunteers. Well, this is a bit weird, but I need two volunteers. I had two young fellows at early church, so I might go different. So I've got a couple of girls. Uh, Eliza, how would you feel about coming up the front? That's what I thought you'd say. <laughs> uh, some, uh, mother, I said girls, Maza. <laughs> after, if they identify, yeah. uh, Ebony. I know you like to come up the front. This won't be embarrassing, I promise. It won't be embarrassing. Yeah, go on, Ebs. OK, one other person. Uh, Katie Lush, would you like to come up the front? Yes, you love coming up the front. Yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Now, this has not been teed up at all, uh, as you can tell by the eye rolling. I promise it's nothing embarrassing. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm just going to give you these. What's it? Yeah, I was flattering you there. Uh, uh, now, Ebony, uh, Katie, this bottle of nice, cool water. Um, it's, it's a bit of a warm day today, so just, I'd like to just maybe just, how does that feel in your hand? Me, you know, sometimes I like to rub it on my face just to feel how the condensation makes me feel cooler. Does, does it, don't you don't like to do that? Yeah, well, you could do it anyway. No? no okay. <laughs> all right. What it, but it feels nice and cool on the outside, doesn't it? There's like condensation all over it, isn't there? Because it's been in the fridge. I've had it out for about 20 minutes, so. Uh, why don't you crack it open? And then just have a, have a bit of a drink. It's just water. You can see the seals aren't, the seals aren't broken. Like, you, you drink water, don't you? Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Open it up. Just have a bit of a drink. You might like a, just a little drink, maybe a big one, as much as you like. One of the guys at early church tried to chug the whole lot, no pressure. but um, uh, have, a big, have a bit big one, Ebs, a bit big one, come on. A yeah. bit more? Just one more, one more mouthful, yeah. Come okay, Katie, uh, what, how would you describe that mouthful of water? Refreshing. Refreshing. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> That's good. Anything else? Any other words you'd use to, dispro- just to describe? How does it make you feel? Apart from refreshed. <laughs> yeah. Less thirsty. Less thirsty. That's good. Abs. how does that, that water, how would you describe your mouthful of water there? Yeah. Refreshing. Refreshing. Yep. What is how does it make you feel? Like What would happen if you didn't drink uh, water for, say, a couple of days? You would die, that's right, yes. Okay, that was about the extent of my illustration, so thank you. Feel free to take that water, take it with you, give him a hand. Uh, water's incredible, isn't it? Uh, these guys, I don't know if they really sold it really well, but anyway, thanks, thanks anyway. Water is incredible. It's refreshing, as Katie said, it is refreshing. It's life it's, it's life-giving. Yeah, and not just for us as humans, of course, for our plants and our grass and our crops and our animals. Yeah, we rely on kind of water. We rely on its, the life that it gives and the refreshment that it brings. Back when I was, a, I was a kid, we used to go camping at the Bunya Mountains. It's this beautiful, kind of lush rainforest, of course, and there's uh, uh, springs everywhere and lots of water. And, and at nighttime, there would often be a really heavy dew. You know, you'd wake up the next morning and there'd be just dew everywhere, so kind of heavy that you'd think it had rained. And, you know, uh, like all rainforests, this, this dew, the abundance of kind of moisture in a rainforest, is, is what helps to sustain and, and grow and refresh all the plant life, isn't it? You know, this uh, second illustration that the psalmist gives us is one that compares the unity of God's people to dew, to, to this kind of life-giving moisture, this life-giving water. Uh, the psalmist says this uh, unity of God's people is like the dew of Hermon falling on Mount Zion. It's another really kind of abstract illustration, but, but what the psalmist is getting at, Uh, is that this special God-given unity is what grows us and refreshes us as the people of God. That's what he says in verse Uh, 3. See what he says in verse Uh, 3? This Christian unity, uh, the unity of God's people, is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. And now you might be thinking, actually, hang on a second. I have no idea what this is saying again. What has Jew got to do with unity unity, and what the heck is Mount Hermon? Um, How is the psalmist going to make this all work together? Uh, Mount Hermon, for those who don't know, is the kind of tallest mountain in Israel. Uh, It is, uh, highest peak is 9,230 feet, which is a couple of thousand feet higher than our tallest mountain here in Australia, which is Kosciuszko, that's right. Uh, But Mount Hermon in Israel is well known, it's well known for kind of its abundance of water. And it's well known that it kind of just produces all this lush and fertile plant life. This, uh, the heavy dew that falls on Mount Hermon, it kind of brings life and growth and uh, refreshment, both uh, on the mountain of Her- Mount Hermon itself, but also in all the surrounding areas. And here, the psalmist, he compares the unity of believers to this life-giving dew of Hermon. And this life-giving water, it's not just falling anywhere, it's falling on Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is where Jerusalem was, the city of God. It's where the temple was. This dew is falling on the place where God dwells, where God meets with his people. This is where the people were, were heading towards as they were singing this psalm together. They were on their way to worship God together at Mount Zion. And so the psalmist is giving us a picture of this unity, growing and refreshing the people of God as they meet together at Mount Zion. I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that for for me, so often meeting with God's people is one of the most refreshing and, and encouraging things of my week. Whether it's church on a Sunday, whether it's in growth group, in a bunch of other ways... Of course, it's, it's not always easy. It has its ups and downs, like any family. But for the most part, you know, I can't help, from come away, help but come away from something like growth group, uh, even on the weeks when I maybe really didn't feel like it. Uh, but I can't help but come away feeling re- refreshed and encouraged. And, and I look back and I see that God has been at work in growing me and refreshing me as we meet together as his people. A bunch of people who genuinely love and care for each other because of our bond in Jesus. Now, unity is a a fantastic thing. It's such a valuable thing. and God loves it and he he uses it to grow and refresh his people. We, as God's people, when we live together in unity, it's like this refreshing, life-giving water from Mount Hermon falling On God's people. When real unity happens, people are refreshed and strengthened in their faith. And the church continues to grow. When real unity happens, we see real growth. There's an amazing example of this in the, the New Testament in Acts Chapter 2, we we read about this the the very early church, about all the believers were together in one place. They had everything in common. They supported each other and cared for each other, and they worshipped God together. There was real Christian unity happening, and uh, the result was growth. In verse 47, it says, The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved of course this was a a really special moment in history in the early church where God was doing incredible things but uh, we see there the beauty and the importance of Christian unity it's such a good thing it's refreshing and it brings growth You know, one of the unique and noticeable things uh, that kind of social media and life online has changed about our society is that more and more it's, you know, it's entirely normal these days, I would say, uh, to talk about kind of hanging out or, or meeting with someone online, isn't it? You know, particularly uh, after the last couple of years of, kind of everyone Zooming and Skyping everywhere. You know, there's a bunch of benefits to that. Of course, there's some drawbacks as well too, though. But you know, before all of this, before social media and life online, you actually had to go somewhere, didn't you? If you wanted to meet with someone, if you wanted to hang out with someone, you actually had to go, uh, you had to go somewhere. You had to go to a, a physical location. The whole concept of hanging out and meeting with people, it revolves around having a, a place to do it. As we kind of look now at the second half of verse 3, we see that the uni, unity of the believers uh, here revolved around a place. Mount Zion, the place the Israelites were headed to to worship God as they sang. And it's when they were unified together in this place that God continued to pour out his blessing on them. The second half of verse 3 says, For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. For the Israelites in the Old Testament, meeting with God and receiving his blessing, it required a place. They had the tabernacle, the temple, this special place where God would dwell and meet with his people and pour out his blessing. And When believers got together to worship at the temple, God poured out his blessing. As we come to the New Testament, as we come right through to us, meeting with God, it doesn't require a place anymore and God's blessing of eternal life, it isn't given at a a particular place either for us as Christians, we don't have to come to a place to meet with God and worship him, of course it's true that we do we come to this building, we come to each other's homes for the week and, and gather but it's not primarily the place that unites us as a church, is it? No, now we come together and we meet with God because of a person. We come together and we meet with God because of Jesus. Because of him that we are set apart as the people of God. And it's because of him that we receive God's blessing of eternal life. For us as followers of Jesus, our unity isn't created by meeting with God in a certain place. We don't have a temple. We have this building, which is really helpful. But first and foremost, our unity as the people of God is found in the person of Jesus. It's through Jesus that we are joined together, bound together as God's people. a new people are uh, people united and called together because of Jesus. It's in him that we enjoy the good and pleasant unity that the psalmist is so excited about. You know, uh, of course, there are a bunch of times that we don't get Christian unity right. It can be really hard. There are challenging moments when we, we really don't live as a community the way that God calls us to, as a community of people who are united around the Lord Jesus. Now We can argue over things that we disagree on. Differences of opinion can end up just driving a wedge between us in lots of different ways. And often it's really easy to, to focus on all the things that might divide us rather than on the one who unites us and binds us together. But when our community is focused on Jesus, when we keep putting him at the centre of everything we do, people really notice that. It's really inviting. People want to be a part of a community like that, a community that is united, united around the Lord Jesus. is a beautiful thing. It's a good and pleasant thing. And so, you know, as we move into our, our vision over the next five years or so, you know, we want to we wanna work on being a, doing a better job of unity as a, a body of believers. You know, I reckon it's really clear that, that one of the main ways that we can work together at that is by continually putting Jesus back at the centre of our community, at the centre of our church, back at the centre of our lives and our relationships continually pointing each other to the beauty of Jesus, constantly reminding each other of the gospel in everything we do. You know, I think it's important for, for each of us as we, as we commit to this together as a church, it, it's important for each of us to be continue to ask questions of our own hearts and our own, uh, the way uh, each of us plays our part in the body here at DPC. And so, as we kind of keep asking questions of ourselves and, invest, and kind of looking at our own hearts, here's just one question. I reckon it'd be good for us to ask uh, this week. So think about uh, this question: Is your unity with other Christians, specifically here at DPC, uh, is your unity with other Christians based, first and foremost, on Jesus? Or is it based on something else? Is Jesus the thing that's at the centre of your church relationships? Or or is he just kind of off to the side? Is he just a bit of an optional extra when you run out of other things to talk about? I think this is really important. It's really important. Because when things other than Jesus end up finding themselves at the core, at the centre of our communities, when they, they end up clouding our view of Jesus... There are so many opportunities for us to be divided. So many opportunities. But when we as believers, we stand shoulder to shoulder and marvel at the beauty of Jesus together, God works powerfully to unite us in that, to grow us and refresh us as his people. Psalm 133 is a reminder for us that our unity is found in Jesus. While our unity as a church is absolutely something for us to keep working on together, it's also absolutely something that when we see it, we can and should pause and celebrate how good and pleasant it really is. Let me pray Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the Lord Jesus who has saved us and called us together to be your people. Father, we want to pray that you might help us to see the beauty of the unity we have. We might pursue it together so that you might look really good to the people around us. They might want to be part of your family so that the good news of Jesus might continue to go out from us as we follow Jesus together. Amen.